Amy Ducks, how are you doing? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Transbox. Oh, so that was a, yes. that was yeah. What happened there? What a slick intro! You, can, you can't tell it's like our fifteenth pod, and we're, we're, we are just so slick. I'd Hello, forgotten, welcome. I'd forgotten the name of the podcast and who I was. I think it's the, yes. the, the, it's the hormones. Welcome everyone to Transvox. There you are. Yeah, that's how you do it. You see, you should do this every time. And I'll say, <laughs> hello, pets. Yeah. Uh, right, well, uh, have you had a great week? Yeah, it's been good. It's been, well, you know, it's been a week. It's been a whole seven days. It's um, had every one of those do you remember days that, um, Do you remember that Waldorf and Statler sketch on the Muppet shows when they say, that was great. No, it was okay. That was actually all right. No, it's terrible. Boo. Yes, I, I sort of remember, remember them. As always, keeping our, our, our references up to date for the kids. Yes. Stop it. I think we've given up on the kids, the Dark Kids. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, today we are going to reference Dark Kids because we're going to be talking about social media. Now, we really are going to be talking about social media, and there's no distracting me. So, um, I think we should talk about the benefits and risks and pitfalls of social media and uh, how to make it work for you. And in particular, there's a ton of trans useful resources out there, useful groups and such like. And um, and I know you use different social media to me, so it should be quite interesting. So first of all, I mean, we all know the benefits and risks. It's great. It's access. The internet's there. When I first started out in this strange game of trans, and I think you're probably the same, there was no internet. You used to have to communicate on um, through personals and terrible magazines. Do you remember Trans Living all those years ago? That was a great read. I don't, to be honest, I don't remember using them. I remember some of the mag magazines that were there, but the, I, I don't remember doing to converse through them. You have to be careful which ones you read. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, I remember back in the day that, well, there wasn't really a trans, wasn't really a thing. It was the odd ad in the back of a man, newspapers or something. The only thing I ever saw that was trans related was those ads used to get in the Sunday newspapers for was it that transformations places? Yes. There was about the one in Houston and one in Berry, I think, where Stephanie's. you could go and dress up for the day. Uh, I, I went to one of those. Yeah. Did you go? I, I visited the shop. I didn't. Mm. I was already post transition because it's around the corner from Houston Station. I was curious. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't for me, but yeah, mm. yeah, it was a. Uh, that was we're talking what nineties now eighties and nineties really I guess Stephanie someone she was she's yeah, actually yeah. quite a famous trans person herself and it yeah. was actually quite nice to have some way whilst it was a shop there was some way you could go and dress and there's lots of uh, TV dressing services available now there's lots of people all around the country uh, you know some of just like TV chicks have them all advertised don't they and for some people it's a nice way to experiment isn't it and I know it can be linked with sort of sexual size of um, cross-dressing and transvestitism, but um, some people actually, it's the first chance to express the gender, to actually yeah, test whether this is a sexual thing or something deeper sometimes. Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with her, you know, those places existing. You're right. I mean, it seems odd now to think I would uh, pop into somewhere like that because it seems, because we've all moved on, you know, trans has become much more wider and understood than the narrow confines that it was then, you know, so, so it's interesting, but yeah, but before, before media, the first, I don't know about you, the first internet part that I found were, was chat rooms. Yeah. Um, um, so the one I, I, I found a community on was one called UK Angels, it was. Oh yeah, I remember that, yeah. And there was a chat, is a chat, there was a, there was a webpage or something that had a chat room on and you would go, I would 
log on to it through the almost through the night and made made a made a couple of friends on there and actually made a friend that I'd met a, met, I've met a few times somebody else oh, that's wow. also transitioned mm-hmm. Joanne who was amazing I met her um in the early days and uh I visited her twice um she lives up north um we were both in a similar position you know wanting to transition struggling to think it was possible so uh, that was my first community first yeah. time I came across a troll and we, they were called trolls even back then. So this was, this would be what late nineties, ninety yeah. nine or something. That that people would come into the chat room just to, usually to spout religious stuff at us, mainly to say you're all going to hell, and that was it. And we'd just laugh at them. You know, they'd just somebody come in and say that and go away. And this is well before trolling became a thing that we all understand now. Yeah. They were just sort of called trolls. So that must have been where it came from. Um, but yeah, that's before social media was a thing. That was probably in the days of almost dial-up, maybe even. Um, but yeah. Well, you're reminiscing now. Well, I think- I am, I think, I'm good. I you can see was, me going away in a reverie then. I can see you there, yeah. So I think I think one of the, um, I mean, people maybe, I mean, the, the, there's the meta group with, you know, Facebook and meta and um, Instagram. And I mean, I still find Facebook really useful. I think there's, there's a lot of good support groups on there. Um, I, I still am a member of half a dozen. There's one that's particularly good around male to female, female to male hormones. And uh, yeah. there's actually quite a lot of very good, seems to be clinically well-researched articles around hormones, hormone use, such like. And I think um, I've used that. I've been a member of it for many times as um, trans support, trans living. There's lots of chat rooms again, but using the features on Messenger and such like to be able to connect people. And I think it's for some people, it's quite nice just to be able to have that ability to reach out and say, hey, I've got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. What should I say? Yeah, you know, yeah. that, that's a sort of a feature. It's a lot about I've got this. What do I do? Um, because I think there's a lot of people who can they can contact official groups, but sometimes you just need to know, you know, literally what's the what are the words i should use rather than what's the professional approach but you know what do i say and what do i say if they say this because that's the biggest challenge because what you get in a lot of gp surgeries is people who will say you know i've got an appointment for i've got a prescription from gender gp can you do shared care and they'll say no well what do you do then and so people can often pass on resources materials and you know documentation to be able to help you so, um, so I'm a big fan of Facebook, but I don't know where you stand on that because I know you. No, I, I mean, and that's really interesting. I, I've, I'm, I'm not on really on. I, I was on Facebook. Um, I think we moved to Face. I, I, I used to be on a blog. There was a blog. There was a trans sort of blogging network, or we all had blogs, which I thought was really interesting. And then mm. Facebook and Twitter came along, and people drifted away from blogs. But I met some really good friends in the community through blogging. You know, telling their stories. But yeah, um, I went on to Facebook and I've sort of drifted away from it uh, uh, for whatever reasons. But yeah, I think I understand it's good. It's, it's strength is the groups have been able to have closed groups, so the safe groups where yeah. you can, you know, um, you can talk information. I think that must be a real strength. Um, I keep meaning to get back involved, but I find it sort of a bit difficult to. But yeah, I think that's um that's something that was, wasn't really I don't know whether I didn't seek it out or whether I didn't need it at the time I didn't sort of see that on Facebook I just had I wasn't involved in those so it's good to hear that there's some positive stuff there I mean it, like like everything on social media there's um a healthy dose of caution applied to any recommendation to any group because 
you're, you're, you're usually talking on some of these trans groups to people who are genuine. You can see their pictures. You can see their profiles. You can look at their profiles, see that they've got lots of followers. They've been, you might have friends in common. And you and critically, you might discover, of course, that they've been, they've got a picture, but also that they've been a member of the site for a number of years. And the key, you know, a lot of these bots have, you know, got very few members. They've got very few photographs. They've been created in the last two or three days. And, you know, they come out with the sort of weirdest statements. But so sometimes be careful that if you're on these groups that, in, you know, you're sort of generating, you're, you're listening and generating, you're seeing heat being generated sometimes. It doesn't always have to be a real person. So like everything online, you have to take a, a bit of due um, self-care and, you know, um, just sensible amounts of caution, really, don't you? Because, you know, it's very possible if you're trans to get easily hurt um, without the added complexity of someone who's who's out to hurt you. And there are some people in this world who are pretty horrible, like your trolls, who, who can wheedle their way into groups and can say unpleasant and unfortunate things. But I mean, they're quickly thrown out. That's the thing is about I notice about well-run groups. And if it's not a well-run group, you'll know it because the moderators very rarely appear. So yes. normally within a couple of days online, you will have seen the moderators coming in, saying stuff, making announcements. And if that's not the case, if it's not well-moderated, I wouldn't hang around it too much and certainly wouldn't contribute. So it's good sometimes if you join a group just to sort of lurk a little bit, just see what's going on. You'll notice that the same people are on lots of different groups all making often they're fussed about the same things or asking for help or looking for resources and going to different groups, just trying to garner different opinions and, and resources. And that's, and that's a great thing to do. You know, there is no right or wrong way. And if you have a, a, a challenge or a problem that you want to discuss, sometimes being in five or six different groups, putting the problem up there, you'll get many different answers. And then you can actually be actually more informed or have a better range of opinions from which to choose. No, I mean, that's, you make a good point about the quality of moderators and, um, you know, community standards within a group. If they've got very clear community standards about language, you know, that, that that's really important. So that can make you feel more safe. So it's worth just checking that out, I think, if you're joining, I presume, if you're joining a group, um, you know, so, um, yeah. And I think the thing what I've noticed is that Facebook Messenger, the actual app itself, is pretty good, pretty robust. It seems to be hard to to break it, to knock the security out. So it, I mean, I prefer WhatsApp, but, um, you know, actually I do think it's a pretty good, a pretty good thing. And I use WhatsApp for other things, you know, if I haven't got to know someone and, you know, you can actually have conversations with them all the time then, but, you know, Facebook Messenger is all right. So it's something I think, you know, healthy dose of self-care, healthy dose of cynicism around some of the people who are there to start off with. And then, like you said, I've got friends online who I've known for years. And we've shared jokes, tribulations, triumphs, successes, failures. And, and it often, of course, becomes a friendship based much more on the fact that it's not just about being trans. That's the thing that sort of starts us off to bind us. But actually, friendships come from lots of different things that we have in, in, oh, of in common. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's where do you find where do you find those friends who you might bind 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 um have things in common with but you know you've got no one in your local area and then suddenly you find you've got 50 friends in america or india or wherever it might be and that's the joy of it really isn't it just getting access oh to no i with all with all the all the pitfalls and all the problems and nobody's denying they're there i still think it's a force for good i think it, you know i wouldn't without the internet and okay it wasn't 
Facebook at the start, but it's a similar. Without finding a community that way, I'd have never found a community. And uh, you're right, there's there's many many problems with it, but I still think overall it's a force of good. But um, yeah, you just you just have to be careful. I always say though the other thing I say this is with my uh, uh, trade union hat on. Everybody thinks things on Facebook and things are private. Nothing is private on the no. internet it, because if somebody prints it off, it's when they screenshots it, yeah. it's not private. Yeah. So I'm, you know, back in the day we used to, when it first started, we used to get loads of cases at work where people were getting in tr- trouble by going home and just, you know, writing about work in a negative yeah. way because they were letting off steam and then work would find out and they'd be in trouble. And, and we don't get that so much now. I think people are a bit more savvy about these things, but um Yes, no, I, I still think the, the, the pros outweigh the cons. Yeah. And I think despite um, of me having had some terrible experience on it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. You can, but in a funny sort of way, how can I put this? It's a good way to test yourself, isn't it? Sometimes being having someone who's been having had someone who's been nasty to you on Facebook, it's sort of good preparation to help you learn strategies to cope and deal with those things. So, when you're tackling the real world and someone says that to you out loud in the real world, you've got you've built a defense mechanism up. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's right for someone to be horrible, but but it is an it's an interesting way to test yourself. And that's what I've found useful to it. When I tend not to throw myself into battles, and I've certainly given up on Twitter. Um, but I think it's actually been quite useful to to watch what you notice on conversations where they suddenly blow up. If you go back to the original statement. You discover the origin, the, the origin of where things blow up, and that's quite useful because you can sort of be a bit more thoughtful about what you're saying in groups. Because it's nearly always a misunderstanding, or it's nearly always someone taking a position. Um, and that's that thing about when you're writing things, they're slightly more inexact than when you're saying things because you lose that tone of voice thing, don't you? Oh no, I I would always prefer to talk. I don't tend to get into debate. I mean, I don't do Facebook, but I do Twitter. But I don't tend to to get into debates or arguments. Even, you know, even when people are, you know, sometimes something will come up my timeline because I said something ages ago and it's just got picked up by an anti-trans person and I see one or two things. I don't generally engage, unless I can think of something funny to say back to them, um, I probably won't because it's just not worth 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 that. So on a one to bump, it's never particularly bothered me if an individual has no. been mean to me on, on, on a one-to-one basis. That's just me. It's never... Um, I mean, you can basically tell them where to go and block them, and that's a power that's really useful to be I, able I, to I don't use. Know. Yeah, I mean, I might block somebody, but I don't even tend to engage on on that level. Um, I mean, I I don't know if I've talked about it before. I've talked about my experience on here before with Twitter. That no, it's a poisonous uh, place, though, isn't it? No, but when I was when I was when I was mobbed when I was mobbed on Twitter after being in on the television Go so um, well that was um so this this is why it's odd that me have a, a love-hate relationship so i was i was um in the audience at question time in stoke-on-trent um because i like politics and i was determined to ask a question because there was a ukip um, candidate they were looking to win the election and i and i um I said something that I thought was quite clever. I got a load of applause, felt good about myself. You know, oh, aren't you clever, Jen? Having to go at the UKIP. And then I got loads of applause in the room and thought, thought, great. Um, and then noticeably, it still rankles me today that David Dimbleby said, 
um, the person in the purple. Didn't say the woman in the purple. But um, still rankles me. I don't think he means anything by it. No. Um, because it's about anyway, I went back into the car, looked on Twitter, and there was um, an absolute deluge of uh, wow. transphobia and person. Well, basically, what it was was screenshots from the telly because I didn't know who it was, yeah. I didn't know my Twitter handle. Yeah. But because I was looking to see what people said about, I thought it's politics. I bet some people argue with what I said. So I went back on the hashtag, and it was you know a hundred of lots of screenshots saying around the terms of what the f is that so dehumanizing yeah. language what the f yeah. is that i got compared to um i got compared to a, a fat, fat purple pokemon i got compared to um um i can't remember the football manager big fan <laughs> compared to all sorts of, it was really dehumanizing and i found that hard because it yeah. was not just an individual and it was it was almost like the world had spoken, you know, because everybody I knew would, you know, lots of people I knew would be watching, would be monitoring it on, on, on Twitter. And I thought all my, people who are friends are going to see this because it just came up lots of, and you couldn't miss it. Screenshot, screenshot, what the, what the, yeah. and, and that, um, and as I said, there's, there's an article on pink news about, about that, where they referenced it. And that very night, they picked up on it and referenced it about the abuse that a trans, they didn't know it was trans, but presumed it was trans and they were right and had got. Um, so that was, and that nearly broke me because it was almost like, who do you think you're kidding, Jen? This world has really spoken because they didn't know who I was and they weren't mm. trying to go me. They just saw me and thought, uh, and I mean, I got over it, but that was, um, that was the, the hardest and lowest point I think I've ever had, really, because it just, and it took all my confidence away. Because I, I, here I am, I'm doing everything, I'm not scared of anything, I'll go on the telly, I'm a trans woman, I'm a big trans woman, I don't care, I'll do it, because I'm happy, I'm content. And then it was like, who do you think you're kidding? Mm. So that, that um, I remember it, one o'clock in the morning in the rain, and then in my car, because it was straight after recording, scrolling through, I could never felt more alone in my life, you know? Yeah over the community so that is terrible and you see that um if you've ever you see that with the public shaming of people yeah. and there's actually a really good book by john ronson about publicly shamed people who've made mistakes and then suddenly had a pile on i can sort of relate to that um that, that's what wasn't what it was just me so it was just misogyny and transphobia and just you know interesting though i reckon 80 90 percent of those people who posted those comments if i met them in their day-to-day -day life they'd be perfectly yeah. pleasant yeah they're probably just doing it because it's like uh i made it akin to when you sometimes have a group of i used to go into boys you know a group of lads in the corner who would be laughing at the a woman you know fat woman that walked in you know it was that group mentality oh look at us you know and whether those people really care you know felt that i don't know but yeah yeah so even with that horrible faster. situation Pardon? yeah it does die down faster that's one of the good things about it well it died down there but didn't die down for me no, no, I, mean, well, I still no, actual, i still carry the, actual, the phone I still, i've got all the screenshots on my phone now yeah. i still like as a way of reminding myself not to get too complacent which is not healthy no. i understand that and you're the therapist and you say i've got to let that go now but i make no comment <laughs> no. but but even with all that and the, I still think there's a, there's a positive because there's a community. I also got people supporting me. And yeah. when I've spoken out, when I've been struggling, I've had people respond and in a positive way. I've got friends and the trans community on Twitter, trans Twitter is great. The people who are trans will, will see what you say. So, um, 
even with the bad, the good still outweighs it. Yeah. Now you and and I think I I think I told you my story about uh, the kiddie fiddler, fiddler episode. Did you get that? Remember that one? Go on. I made a comment on uh, Twitter about something quite quite innocuous, and um, and basically it was about something around most of the child abuse is not from trans people wearing skirts, and it was talking about a different organisation that where men wear skirts, not skirts, but uniforms that are long and uh as i put a gif up jeff or whatever it's called and of course then i got a storm of abuse from that you know so oh, really you from about, the yeah you talk about yeah. religious sorry yeah. i would i was my brain was slow then joe yeah so um, yeah. so then I, and then i got this thing done where someone had screenshotted my face and my name and had actually put it on a t-shirt that said my name is a kiddie fiddler so i so i clicked on the link and i clicked on that person and I found that person's name, and I found that person on LinkedIn, and I found where they worked. Wow, good and for I, you. And I thought to myself, should I? Should I contact that firm and say, Do you, are you aware this is what your employees are saying? And then I looked at it, saw the job they were doing, saw it was a small family firm, saw where it was, and thought, Do you know what? No. Because actually, wow. this could be this this could escalate from being a, a skirmish into a battle, and there would be only one loser, and that would be me. So do you know what? I haven't got time, and so I pushed it away. But it was interesting that, you know, even the the vile people that make terrible comments are easy to track down because because they're not stupid enough to do to do it hidden away. At least the bots you can't find them because they their bots are not real. <laughs> but um, so there's always power. You can usually track people down in the same way that anyone can track us down. So you just have to be careful. But um, no, and that's you're, you're our very own Wagatha Christie, is uh, yes. in that case, aren't you? Tracking them down like that. Um, yeah. And it's you know, there comes a point where is it worth? Is it worth exactly? I mean, there was we had that with. The, I mean, um, our good friend, um, our good friend Paul, um, who I worked with, um, we noticed that one of the people who abused me was in a. Uh, in a NHS uniform and we Indeed. next to an ambulance and tried to we were going to he was going to try and find out who it was just to advise them that this person not not to call them you know just advise them the person was um and being a um being a bit mean or a bit improbable in the end I don't think I think they probably didn't work for the NHS any longer but people weren't trying to be anonymous they were just quite blatantly because they didn't know they'd be yeah. be seen I think and this is and this is an interesting development on social media because actually I have done some work with a football club, and uh, and they say they have all trans rights as as well as LGBT yeah rights right across the board. And they have a unit to it, and they talk about trans any form of um, you know diversity hatred. And what they say is what's most effective to some of these people is actually. Um, they monitor social media and if they see people at their fans actually making these sorts of transphobic comments they ban them from going to the football club and they say actually some wow. one of the most effective forms of punishment and deterrent for people so if you're if you get a load of abuse from someone who is and ends up being a, a supporter of a football club you'd report them to the, don't email we should report to the police but we know what happens but actually i thought that was really quite fascinating sending a note to the lgbt foundations at the football club especially in the premier league because they all have lgbt groups and representatives and um and very strong uh advocacy groups and uh and i thought that was quite an interesting interesting thing, really. yeah do you no i mean it, yeah it is i mean like anything like anything else 
I think Premier League clubs like businesses, this is all that, that whole debate, realise that it's it's probably down because they, they care about the profits, to be truthful. But they realise it's not good for them to be on this, the wrong side of history on this. They, yeah. they understand that, despite everything else. You know, but there's legislation, despite... but there's, there's actually um, specific guidance now from the FA. And, and I don't know much about other sports, so forgive me for that, because I'm not a big sporty person. But um, but I thought it was fascinating that the FA have actually legislated in terms of their clubs that this has to happen, and this is how... I think it's, oh, it's called purple rainbow laces or something, or... Yeah, the rainbow laces, which is yeah. partly still the rainbow laces campaign, but um, yeah. there's a kick it out, which which I think has well. gone on from racism. kicking out racism out of football, has gone on to, because they, they realise there's a problem because, yeah. and players, are ne- you know, we've got still got no premiership players come out as gay, yeah. even though there absolutely must be. So there is, there is, there is that, and they have been trying to tackle homophobic chanting in crowds. So, you know, that is that is really positive. News, I mean, it? you know, yeah, you know, so, yeah. It's not there yet. I mean, it's still it's still not there yet. But yeah, that's interesting. So so Instagram is quite an interesting place. Uh, it's not a place I use or no, I'm neither. very interested in. I have to say that most of my um, younger colleagues seem to be constantly on the gram or whatever they call it, and uh, I look at it and I, I can't understand it. But I tell you what, I do like, and that's TikTok. And um, there's some fantastic trans resources on TikTok. Now, what's really interesting about TikTok is that because of the way the algorithm works, it's very, very binary in terms of whatever you click on and follow, you get just served more and more and more yeah, of that yeah. over a short period of time. So so I clicked on a Kathleen Stock um, oh my God. <laughs> debate at the Oxford Union. That's okay. And um, and then I followed followed because I am and I listened to a few of the things and um, and then of course my inbox was full of um turf literature and turf and it was absolutely fascinating to hear the arguments and to listen to what was going on and to and to hear what they, they say and to understand the perspectives and terms of Jermaine Greer and all that sort of stuff. And then of course it's not long before what happens, of course, you get served something which is the opposite on TikToks. And so you get something that's very trans friendly and it's trans people and they talk about the arguments and you listen to all the stories and you take on those and listen to those. And then suddenly of course you're back with your club. Uh, your sort of your, your tribe on you because you're back in what you where you belong and such like but i found it really quite fascinating um not just sitting with our community and listening to what we have to say um because i sort of know that really what we have to say it's quite fascinating listening to what the other side of the argument is and seeing what it's based on and what it's based in and such like and and listening to tiktok it means actually you hear long form explanations and, and you know you get up to 10 minutes of, of, a, of a speech or whatever it might be and you or might get a debate and it's the same on, the, on our side as well there are some really thoughtful conversations uh between uh, trans and non-trans people turfs and trans people you know just talking through the whole issues answering people's questions talking about stuff that goes on and there's a lot of good trans activists out there who are responding to the day and giving statistics and such like this erin in the morning who's famous on linkedin got a great tiktok channel tons tons of really interesting influences and i think if you want to be more informed these days I think TikTok is a place. Obviously, it's about making money. Or, you know, obviously that's that's the whole purpose of it. But I find I don't see many dancers these days. But I see a hell of a lot of. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right about the algorithm. I I I will watch their TikTok videos. Something comes up usually, 
um, through I've seen it through somewhere else. So I don't tend to have, I don't post on TikTok. But again, you know, t- Instagram and TikTok are much more used now than Twitter. Yeah. And Instagram, I think, is the most used social media. Yeah. Um, and so the younger people are using TikTok. Twitter is Twitter is, is is relatively small by comparison, but more influential because yeah. more more newsmakers and power may use it. So until um, recently, I think, I think just, it's really changed. Oh, it's gone completely. I'm still on it, but it's just kind of a bit. It's gone a bit rubbish. The dogs. Well, since um, since um, since we're ironically taken over by a transphobe, so they are shows yeah. what happens when transphobes run, run We talk about but, free speech all the time. Yeah, yeah. So absolute, um, absolute manchild. Um, but um, yeah, I think that's really interesting. TikTok. I mean, I, you know, I've, I have seen a couple of good resources. I, I think I, I, I think I follow a TikToker called. I've got the name of Bikiki, who's a who's a, a young trans woman who posts fashion advice. I think that's really good yeah. if you were transitioning, posting yeah. fashion advice and just tips about transitioning. And I think that'd be great. I'd love to have had that when I was transitioning. So yeah. some great resources on there. Um, but yeah, yeah. So uh, I think, I mean, it's a broad umbrella what we mean by social media, don't we? I mean, it is, yeah. it is in some respects. A slightly confusing term because it's it's where you find content, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, well, I mean, and, uh, and it's and it's fascinating though because what I, what I find beautiful about it is um, it's that thing about being able to find something and then share it. Because I think if you're in a group where you can debate these things and talk about it, what you're doing is you're you're learning the arguments in a safe environment. And we've talked before about. You know, we hear a lot of abuse and people saying this, this and this about our community. And it's actually sometimes quite hard to know what to say back. So you either say nothing and kick yourself or you actually say something and get it wrong. And I think what TikTok and Instagram do is they tr- they give you it's like a form of training to know how to how to how to understand the other side of the debate. May- Maybe. I, I mean, I don't, then it says, say maybe. I don't know if TikTok is more, with its algorithms, more akin to YouTube. And if you're not informed in the first place, it might, it, the algorithm will send you down a rabbit hole where you'll get more and more of the very similar points of view. And that can radicalize people. I am absolutely convinced. Oh, yeah, of, of course it can. And I, I don't know if TikTok's same. YouTube is definitely like that. So the algorithm, um, you know, sort of supports sort of, you know, in a sense, it, it po- it's very polarizing, right? And it supports that because that gets the it gets the interactions, yeah. you know. So, you know, if you go on, if you see an anti-trans YouTube video and there's plenty of them there, and you comment on it and saying this is rubbish, you're helping that get seen by more people Correct. because they are interacting with it. Yeah. So, I always urge people not to interact, yeah. um, even though you might want to argue the point about what they're saying. And I've seen this. So I'm just I worry about this that, and particularly YouTube that people can access a, a, such a toxic message that you couldn't really access very easily sort of seven or eight years ago. Yeah. I worry about this in, in the workplace I work in, that people can access, you know, I, the, the, the transphobia is a really interesting one. You, you start to look at transphobia, you might end up on a, a YouTuber like Matt Walsh, who's a huge American YouTuber, who's yeah. also, yeah, now a, a borderline white supremacist, racist, yeah. the lot. You know, it sends those people. It's so interesting how those people can also be. Yeah, and see, and, and if you're I, not careful, it, it becomes. And I, and, I, you know, and I get you, and I get where you're going there, but I, I don't think the strategy which builds robustness, capacity, and resilience is to hide away and not interact. No, let me rephrase that. 
not interact. I mean, I don't mean, I mean, it's it's possible to watch and listen and consume the data and understand it without interacting and therefore, in, in, you know, pushing it forward. But I think it's important to hear the other side of the story and then hear how people in our community react to that, because I think that helps us. It helps. It helps. I think there's I think there's a real worry that people in our world don't listen to the other side of the story because we're terrified, be terrified of it. But we have to have a duty of self-care when we do it. No, we have I, to know when we do it and we're doing on a we're doing it on purpose, as it were. I would say there's two separate, separate things. If you're talking about listening to some sober, proper debate on an issue. I could go along with you on that. If you're talking about listening to, you know, uh, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, some of these, very, yeah. I don't think anybody should listen to any of that. I'd have it kicked off. It, or Alex Jones, you know. These people should not be given platforms to public speak. They should go off in their own corner of the world because they're not coming up with a, they are saying trans people should be eradicated. Nobody needs to listen to that and think, oh, that's something I need to understand because that is too far. That. If yeah. you want to, if somebody wants to, Listen to try and understand why people think trans people shouldn't be in sport or any other of those arguments that you might argue may be more nuanced. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. But what worries me is the is is the amount of. I mean, there's loads of good stuff on YouTube. I love YouTube. There's loads of positive YouTubers, Philosophy Tube, Trans Woman does brilliant stuff, really thoughtful items on philosophy. ContraPoints does is, is very interesting. Lindsay Ellis, really long form. YouTubers, bloggers, engaging in the trans debate, you know, actually informing, countering some of those arguments. And I'm sure there are some of those on the opposite side, I guess. I'm not going to seek them out. But there are some really who whose views are just so beyond the pale. I, this is where, Jill, I don't think we should give them any uh, ear space. They, radic they can radicalise people to an extreme, uh, yeah. uh, is my thought. Yeah, and I think I think it's it depends where you are on your journey and, and what you're interested in. You know, I listen to those people. I think um, I understand what they're saying, where they're coming from. I don't agree with them, um, but there you go. And the thing is, what you can't, what you've got to be careful about is saying that people should be banned and put no, their, into never... their own corner and put them to their own corner because actually, oh. that's what they're trying to do with us. And I think that's part I, of the I, challenge here. No, but I, well, I don't mean banned from they were allowed to speak, but you don't have a right to be published. And you don't have the right to spread hate um, and people, you know, there's a problem with Twitter. People were removed from Twitter, you know, because what they were doing was harmful. So Twitter as a private company said, we don't want those on. And now we've got a Twitter that says, oh, we don't have quite happy to have harmful material on here. Yeah. And it's the same for YouTube. I, I'm never, I'm not talking about um, censoring this, that debate, but I don't think you have a right to, Alex Jones has been kicked off and rightly so what he was, and he's, ended up owing a billion pounds hasn't he or something you know um no i don't think anybody arguing that he should be given the platform back on youtube for instance um, depends, where, depends who gets his billion pounds well i mean he's clear bankrupt but i mean the point the, the, is the people who is he defamed in sandy hook but yeah. all i'm saying is i, I agree with you to I, I think i agree with you to the extent that it's probably better if we don't stay in our own bubbles there's something I, to be I said for that broad point i'm making yeah. without uh, and and then being careful because actually as you're saying there's a lot of difficult people out there i can't think of it i can't think of a better word that's not a swear word so um given we don't want to swear, swear in this episode because we? we're trying not are to we we're trying not to be explicit this week so um <laughs> i got into trouble for swearing recently on the podcast so i'm not doing it this week anyway no, so i think we should start with our bubble because we need to understand but just you know user beware because i like like everyone like 
like bots. There are some people out there who are viral. And um, and listening to too much or too regularly or getting too upset or getting too worried that there are too many people out there is the key. But for me, it's about how we balance and understand that there are horrible people in the world and there's some really lovely people in the world as well. And it's not worrying too much about one side because, you know, there's always someone on the other side. And that's the point. I, I absolutely agree with that point. And that there's a complete dissonance in my life where... And I do get upset by what's happening in the media and online. It gets me down. Yet in real life, everybody I meet is lovely. Yeah. I've never had any, I can't think of any negative contact I've had within, you know, out in the world. So then that dissonance between, and I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I've heard, I was doing some training and I was speaking to somebody who's got a young trans daughter that was, you know, was abused for being trans in the street, right? So maybe I'm privileged and lucky that I haven't faced that. But I, th I do think the real world is, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's too condensed social media. So, and, and the way the algorithms work and the way your bubble works is you can get a distorted view of the whole world. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I think that is definitely true, but I don't listen to my own advice. So no. perhaps you should, other people should maybe, but I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, but you still haven't mentioned um, Twitch. Oh well, the other one, yeah, the other one I I, I do I, I do enjoy, and that's because I haven't grown up yet. Is Twitch, which was, you know, it's online, it's it's online streaming. You're watching video, you know, you're watching online as it happens, um, and was made for video games. But I have found a couple of communities there of trans um, or gender non-conforming people that I think that I've found a really positive young community. You know, I'm generally younger. Though I'm not the only person in there in my 50s, but there's lots of people sort of in the 20s, really positive about all things regarding gender and sexuality, and are much freer in how they see it. They don't see the binary, they don't see the distinction, they, you know, any negative you know, is called out, you know, and they're moderated. So I do say, and that lifts my heart, you know, there's, a, you know, there's, there's people I, I see on there, that, I, that is, that's good to see a, a community where it's unerringly positive. You know, um, I'm, I'm not saying every Twitch channel is that or whatever, but if you find a community, because they become communities on the channel that's well moderated uh, and with people with the right views, um, not enough trans people on there, but I have found one or two. So that's somewhat out, something I like to to involve myself in, to try and make, make out I'm still gen. I'm, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm still young. <laughs> Watch well, some Minecraft that... streamers or something. <laughs> And hopefully, you know, what we only try, I mean, there's tons of people out there that probably know a stack more about social media than I do. And, um, you know, they've got other channels. So if you've got channels that you think people should know about or groups that you think people should reach out to, you know, we're very happy to to um, to check those out and to pass them on. That's absolutely fine. Um, we don't obviously particularly advocate or support any groups in particular, but... Um, you know, if you're doing a trans event, you want us to publicise it or talk about it, or if you've got some social media tips or tricks, we'd love to hear. Isn't that right, Jim? Because we're not the experts. We would. We would. We're not. God, far from it. Far from it. But it doesn't stop us talking about it. Never has. Uh, um, <laughs> evidence every other podcast. But, um, yeah, don't be scared of it is what I'd say, you know, because I think there's a lot of don't be scared of it and, um, you know, tackle it in the right way and it can be a way of finding community. It can be a way of feeling... Uh, and, like you belong. And, and conversely, don't be too driven by it either. So it's not about being scared. Sometimes it's not about being completely addicted to it as well. Remember that your point about the real world. And you yeah, see, yeah. you know, a certain age group who they almost live their entire lives in the virtual world. 
sorry, that was me dropping something on the floor. Um, and uh, I just think we have to watch that as well. It's that balance. Of it. Don't spend all your life on TikTok and all those different things because... You don't judge yourself by the number of likes. No. I mean, you know, we know we get a sort of dopamine hit when we get I, a like. My God. I still do that. I still will do a tweet. And then if nobody's respond, engaged with it, I might delete it. That's pathetic of me. And even though I, I don't disagree with what I've said, I might have gone, oh, nobody's really cared. Tech cares about that one. I'll take it down. That's pathetic. <laughs> but I do do that. So we've got lots to talk about in your therapy session following this session. We have. I, listen, every, <laughs> every, every conversation is a therapy session for me, Jill. I mean... Well, until next week, when well, we're going to talk about all sorts of other things, um, we have to do that Star Trek episode. We've so got to. We've been threatening it. There's a person who's clamouring to, to to hear that episode. And it, it seems Absolutely. rude of us to turn our listener down. Oh, it, indeed. Uh, you know, um, you know I, it, it has to happen. And I think and I think that episode, what we'll do is we'll 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 come in in Star Trek regalia. Uh, are you with you? Which colour shirt do you do you tend to go with? I'm I'm Klingon all the way, babe. Cling on, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ba- I'll bring me battle. Is that how you pronounce it? That's As that someone said to me recently talking Klingon, they said Kaplunk, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was a brilliant reference yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing to do with Klingon. <laughs> Female Klingons are quite, um, quite powerful, I reckon. Yeah, and of course, I love the Klingon opera. Way, that's fantastic stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there you go. Well, I'll, I'll represent Starfleet <laughs> and um, I'll be in the my various shirts. And I see you in a week. Oh God, how long yeah. have we been jibbing on for? Let's let if there's anybody it's left, let's say goodbye to them. See you next week. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Transvox. It's been a joy to have you with us. Um, if you want to um, make contact with us, you can contact us at gillian at transvox.co.uk. And if you'd like to support the work we do, please go to Patreon and go to page Transvox. And all of our money goes to our nominated charity. And Jen, you've chosen the charity for the next number of episodes. Which one have you chosen? Our charity is called Beyond Reflections, which is a charity that provides support and counselling to trans people, non-binary people and their friends and their families across the UK. An amazing charity doing some amazing work, really important. So please, if you can give. Great. And if you want to go and have a look at Beyond Reflections, it's beyond-reflections.org.uk. And, uh, but as I say, if you'd like to make a contribution to what we're doing, because we love to help the people who help us. Uh, again, if you've got ideas for um, the show, things you'd like to ask us, questions, comments, applause, or um, brickbats, feel free to send it all Absolutely. in to Gillian at transvox.co.uk. Until the next time, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.